0: We're just so excited to have Sister Darlene share this, this is a privilege, all the way from Kauai, the wonderful island of Hawaii. This lady is just, just amazing. She took us into her home about a year ago so that we could enjoy the island. They let us use their car, little white car, drove all around the island and the the word for darling is you're just an angel. Just an angel. Your family and your husband, you're just our gifts to the body and I just thank the Lord for the the sacrifice. You know when we moved here, they had labored here for 21 21 and a half years. I think they had just finished the mortgage. Everything was clear. I mean, they laid their lives down for this place. And I just thank the Lord for that sacrifice of love. And I know to them, it was love. It was love for God. It was love for for the purposes of the Lord, for the gospel getting out in this area. I remember driving up the first time I ever saw that sign. It said, Garland's Gospel Lighthouse. And throughout all these years, there have been times we come in contact with people. Where are you from? You're from Garland. Oh, yeah. I used to go to this church called Garland's Gospel Lighthouse, and then they would tell us their story and how God used your family. Because, you know, it's a family thing. Your parents poured into the part of the property and helping in this area. Your mom and dad labored, sowed seed into this place. And today we just honor you for being the mother of this vision that God gave you guys, Merv and you, probably way back when you were in Oak Cliff, back then, when you were, he was, you were on staff there, and then God gave him a vision for Garland and bought a four acres, and then we are here today. And we just, there's this song, I can't remember the name of the person that sings it, but if the words are thank you for giving to the Lord, I'm a life that was changed. And even if it you only hear Darlene today and you never hear her speak again, your life will be changed because the seed is good seed. Good seed. It's anointed. It's prayed over this word. God gave Darlene just for today, just for you and me. So we just are so proud and thankful to be still connected with Darlene and Merv. And today, she'll tell you what's happening in their family's life, probably. It's pretty exciting news that so their do- granddaughter's getting married, so that's a big deal. So we're just so thankful that the timing all fit in that today could be the day. And we just love you, love you, love you so much, Darlene. Thank you.
1: Well, it is a real honor to be here today, and uh, I just am very grateful to your pastors for um, extending the honor for me to be able to speak here and the blessing. Um, We love you, and you may not be aware of this, but there is seldom a single day goes by but we don't pray for you and i know that god has wonderful plans for you you let your pastors know pastor ray and pastor carol and pastor all the ones on staff i I don't even know how much staff you have here but you let them know be given while you're living so you're knowing where it's going okay I want to talk to you today. Yes, the Lord laid this on my heart for you. But before it was laid on my heart for you, it's like the Lord preached it to me. And so then I said, Lord, help me to be able to share this. Because everything that happens, I believe God has purpose. Every minus... That has come into your life if you'll look up to God. It's no longer a minus, it becomes a plus. And God will see to it. But I want to talk to you today about excuse or response. Which are you going to choose? It's your choice. You see, preconceived ideas along with a wrong perceptive, they have a high cost, and they can cause you to miss an opportunity, and I'm going to talk to you about today, I'm going to give you biblical examples that you will be able to see how that in scripture, there were some preconceived ideas, and some of them were wrong, were negative. They had a wrong perspective, and they really could be dangerous. Next, a natural act under a supernatural command. God gives supernatural commands. His word is a supernatural command. You can take his word, and with a natural act of obedience, through his supernatural command, command it will produce a supernatural result it will you just have to take that first step in taking it i want to talk to you today in your bibles from john chapter 5 verses 2 through 9 this is the biblical example of how of showing how a wrong perspective can have difficulties in Jerusalem there's a pool with five covered porches which is called Bethesda in the Hebrew language this pool is near the sheep gate now this is the actual picture today of the sheep gate that we're talking about in the bible you could go and you could see that Now, let's continue reading. Many sick people were lying on the porches beside the pool. Some were blind. Some were crippled. Some were paralyzed. And they waited for the water to move. You see, some of you today, you may be blind. You just don't see some things. You may be crippled. You're just not able to function fully. Or you may be absolutely paralyzed. I can't, do a, I'm, I can't do a thing. I got fabulous news for you today. There's going to be a supernatural action. A natural action with a supernatural command. Going to bring something else. Let's continue reading. Sometimes an angel of the Lord came down to the pool. And stirred up the water. After the angel did this. The first person to go into the pool was healed from any sickness he had. Now, this is kind of giving you a general idea. We don't really know what it looked like. But God's supernatural angels would stir up that water. Here they are, the lame. They're just all lying around this pool. And all of a sudden, the waters start moving. And at that point... That's when the first to get in was healed. Now, a man was lying there who had been sick for 38 years. That's a long time to be crippled, paralyzed. Maybe some were blind. I want to ask you today, how long have you been in a situation or a circumstance that you have felt? Crippled, blind, paralyzed. But think 38 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw the man and knew that he had been sick for such a long time, Jesus asked him, notice Jesus did not come and tell him. Jesus asked him, Why would Jesus do that? There's great wisdom. I have found this through the years. When I want so bad to tell somebody, oh, hon, you got to make Jesus Lord of your life. It's far more effective if you'll ask them a question. First of all, you get their attention. Secondly, you make them think. And sometimes they haven't done that in a long time. They just have this focus and mentality of, I've been crippled for 38 years and there's nobody to help me. And this is a bum world. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going off and eat worms, you know. And that's the only perspective they have. So Jesus came and just kind of blew him away and said, do you want to be well? And I want to say to every one of you today, Jesus is coming to you today. And he's tapping you on the shoulder. And he's saying, do you want to stay in this same circumstance? Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Now, you know, okay, next here we We don't know what it looked like, but this kind of gives you a little idea. So then we continue. The sick man answered, Sir. There is no one to help me. Now, I want you to notice how sometimes when a person has had a very long cripple, lame, blind, whatever, how prone we are to blame shift instead of saying, yes, can you do something? Evidently, this man doesn't know he's Jesus because he doesn't address him as Jesus. But he addresses him as sir. So he's showing respect. But he's giving an excuse. He is responding, but he's responding with an excuse. There's many ways we can respond. And I want you to see the many ways of response. Sometimes... We want to respond in a positive way. That's what this is about. But he said, there's no one to help me get into the pool when the water starts moving. While I'm coming to the water, someone else always gets in before me. Now, I want you to notice he's telling the truth. He's being absolutely truthful. But his whole focus. Is to the past 38 years. He has no hope for the present. No hope for the future. It's like this is the pitiful way. Now here we just kind of get a little visual. Of maybe what it could have looked like. Jesus is talking to him. And somebody else is trying to get in the water. But then Jesus said to him. Stand up. I want you to notice. Jesus first questions. Then he tells him, I want you to start doing what you are not capable of doing. And you see if my supernatural power will not overpower those crippled legs that have no strength, no ability. I've dealt with so many people in my life. Immediately, the man was well. He picked up his mat, began to walk. Um, You know, so many people that they've become so accustomed to their lame, to the lameness of a circumstance or a situation. They won't even attempt to get out of that. Okay, Nick, we see him getting... Picking up, he's picking it up. That would have been a lot of action, I think, around that pool. Three things I want you to really get in your mind and in your spirit. Disappointment of the past held him there. When the Messiah, the one that had the power to heal, when he's coming, when he's communicating one-on-one, but disappointment of the past Held him to that mat. I want to ask you. We have the word of God. That is his living word. That's his rhema to you. And he says to you in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. You go. You have this. My God shall supply all your need. According to his riches. He's not poor. He walks on gold. Mercy. Mercy. We cherish, I was buying my granddaughter because she's getting married. I had my wedding band, the stones taken out, and to each of my granddaughters when they get married, just before they get married, I put a necklace on them of one of my stones from my wedding band, my original wedding band. Now I just have my engagement and another ring guard. But I know I want to tear that up and I want to give it to each one. But I have to buy a necklace to go in it, you know. A gold necklace, oh, let me tell you, (laughs) those things aren't cheap. Um, But disappointment of the past held him. Lack of understanding, actually, of the present made him blame others. Sometimes in our pain, we can be very prone to blame someone else. And that's what he did. He blamed others. Insecurity of the future voiced his hopeless response. You see, we've got to remember a natural act under a supernatural command will produce supernatural results. I want to give you one more biblical example because this is... The same root issues that I want to get across to you today. And this was about four men with leprosy. And this comes from 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 through 10. I'm not actually going to be reading that right now, but I want you to see. Because of their physical condition, which, by the way, were circumstances... Beyond their control. This is about four lepers. They're outcasts. They're hopeless. A leper was a hopeless outcast. They had no future. They had no property. They had no voice. They were a nobody. They were the least of the very least. And due to a famine in the land they were literally starving to death because they depended on people inside the gate to throw them food and and they would just have to scrounge for themselves. But the people in the city were starving. Now they are outside the gate. They're lepers. They have all these circumstances. I want to ask you, do you happen to identify with some of these? I deal with more women... That have such a low self esteem. I want to tell you, you are God's creation. You are the apple of God's eye. And don't you dare let the enemy give you a bill of goods that you're an outcast, you're hopeless, you're no good, there's no future. There is every kind of fantastic future you can imagine. You cast away. Imaginations, cast them down because it's not from God. Now, questioning. They ask themselves the question, why are we sitting here at this gate until we die? You know, sometimes it's a good idea. There's two ways of questioning. There's a good way to question and a bad way to question. As I mentioned a little earlier, when I'm wanting someone to really kind of stop and think and evaluate and respond and speak, I will do it through asking questions. That's a good way. Questioning is good. These lepers, it was good that they started questioning. Why are we going to sit here until we die? We're going to die anyway. But we're for sure going to die if we do absolutely nothing. Now, the bad way of questioning is when you question God, his word, his authority. With Adam and Eve, with Eve, the thing that got her was questioning. Has God really said, I mean, isn't God a good God? Doesn't he want us to enjoy everything? Now, why Here's a good question. Why in the world would he put this tree in the big fat middle of the garden? Do you know they would have had to pass it all the time? Why didn't he put the tree there not to touch in a far remote con- corner? I'll tell you why. God is looking for people who will be an overcomer. Who have the ability through his power. You'd have a natural Action. I will not partake of that fruit. And you have a supernatural power that gives you the ability. Hey, look at all the trees I have. Look at all God has given me. I will give honor and I will give respect. And I will give the honor due that God has asked me to have. I will do that. And you know what? God blesses when that happens. So you want to watch the way you question. Okay? Eve had a bad way. Okay, understand. God's unique way of taking a natural act can very possibly produce a supernatural result. Because these lepers outside that gate, they receive faith. To take action while asking questions. So I want to present to you some questions to ask. With your circumstance. With your whatever has paralyzed you or kept you from going forward. From having the things that God has ordained that you should have. That rightly belong to you because you're God's child and you've obeyed him. You've honored him. You've respected him. You've given your life to him. Why wouldn't he want To honor you. And bless you. Okay? So the thing to do is you start asking questions. Wait a minute. The enemy's making me feel like I'm no good. Why? That is from the enemy. God says, I'm the apple of his eye. Woo! You remember when you were in school and you'd say, Oh, they're teacher's pet remember that okay well every one of us we're teachers we're god's pet <laughs> they refused to let bad circumstances and tragic past history which was leprosy outcast i mean you know when they walked down a the street they had to like ring little bells and say You know, I'm an outcast. Don't get near me. Don't touch me. I mean, they had to, oh, they were continually 24 7 reminded they were not accepted in society. So, but they refused to let bad circumstances or tragic past history be an excuse for their future. They refused. To go there. You've got to refuse to go there. Now, I want to ask you a question today. Are you stuck at the gate of fear? You know, these lepers were stuck. There's the gates to the city where there's everything is in there. But I think a lot of times we can... I know in my own life, I have found so many huge gates. Huge. Locked. So much greater than me of Fear. Of insecurity. Of apathy. Of brokenness. What? How can I be a blessing? Of regret. Of pain. Pain of unfair circumstances that happened that never should have been. You have to change your posture. You have to. You've got to say... Just one minute. These thoughts are not, if anything is good, virtue, praise, good report. Think on these things. These things don't qualify. I reject it. You resist the devil. He's going to turn and run away from you. Instead of you turning and running away and always, he'll chase you till you have no breath within your body if you permit it. You stop. You face the enemy. I will not have thoughts contrary to God's thoughts. Because how I think, it's going to get in my heart. And that's the way I'm going to be. So that's why you got to control what's up here in the little gray cells. Okay? You got to change your posture, you got to stand up, move refuse to let tragic and hurtful circumstances control you. That's exactly what these four lepers decided to do. That's exactly what they decided to do. They decided, this is what I want to challenge you. They went into the city and they found food, gold, and silver. You've got to turn your trials into triumphs. That's your call. You've got to do that. Again, you've got to be willing to share your blessing. And we're going to read in a minute and see how at first they were not willing to share their blessing. No, we need it. We've got to have it. Let me tell you something that we've experienced in our life. And I know one thing to be a fact. Our God is a great God. He will never fail you yes. ever. He doesn't fail. So you got to be willing to share your blessing. It's more blessed to give than to receive. But God wants you sometimes there's times of receiving. So you do that too. Now, they also could be dying. You see, they had a questioning thought. Perchance, others may need this food, would want this gold and silver, but if we keep it for ourselves, in fact, let's read what happened. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. This is the enemy. I love that song. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Took back what he stole from me. You go to the enemy's camp. You take back... Everything he has stolen from you. It didn't belong to you. He's a thief. And if your house would be broken into and the police department called you and said, We have your goods. You'd go up there and you'd say, Yes, that's mine. That thief took. That's mine. That's mine. Give it to me. It belongs to me. I want it back. Don't you dare let the enemy Take so okay, I hear okay. When did the Syrians? And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused, I want you to hear this if you don't hear anything else in this whole message. The Lord caused a whole army of Syrians. To hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. This is the love that God had for four lepers outside the gate who were hopeless, who were helpless, who were contaminated, who had no future. This is the loving heavenly father's nurture. A whole army. He caused them to hear noises, turn around and run like chickens next. And when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent, ate and drank and carried uh, its silver and gold and clothing, went and hid them. And then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. You know, God doesn't want us. To have that spirit when He blesses us, He wants us to keep blessing others. Amen. I know we don't really have that huge of a church in Kauai, but when God spoke to our hearts one day a month, you lock up the doors, you go out to the beach. And you take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You take food. You take a medical tent. You take things. You reach out and you win souls for my kingdom. We thought, Lord, we can't can't do that. And God said, yes, you can. (laughs) It's called faith. You do what you don't think you have the ability to do. And every step you take... God has given it to you. There is no limit to the steps God has for new life fellowship. Every place on which your foot does tread. God has a plan for you to take all of Garland and the outskirts and every place around. Because you know what? The enemy has stolen. And they may be your neighbor. They may be your next door neighbor. They may be your family. The enemy has stolen them. God has a plan. He doesn't like it when people come in and steal. About a year and a half ago, we had somebody broke into the parsonage four times in about three months. Same guy. He'd get out of jail, come back. Yeah. Anyway, remember, a natural act under a supernatural command will produce. Supernatural Miracles. Why am I repeating this? Because I want you to remember that. I know I had it before. Okay. It's not like a senior moment that I forgot. I intentionally am doing this over because I want you to get it. Then they said to one another, we're not doing right. We're not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. Don't remain silent. Now, it doesn't mean to say that your neighbors or whatever, that you have to constantly sing. Jesus, Jesus wants your life. Jesus, you know, sometimes the greatest message you can give is just to take a meal to them. The greatest message you can give is if you have some clothes and they've got some kids. Hey, don't know if you'd want. Don't give them ragamuffins. Give them some good stuff. Okay, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp and we (laughs) took back what was stolen from me. Okay, and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied, and the tents intact. So no longer did disappointment of the past hold those lepers. No longer. No longer did a lack of understanding the present confuse them. God wants to clear up mumbo jumbo in your mind. The word says, We can have the mind. Let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. He had wisdom, he had understanding of the present. And what he did, he confused the enemy through his wisdom. Insecurity of the future, voice the spirit of hopelessness, but one of help. No longer. They no longer had that voice of hopelessness, but instead they had one of help. I want to tell you what happened to me about two weeks ago. So this is current because I've been here for nearly a week. About two weeks ago. I try about five days out of seven to go and to get in a pool, get in water and do water aerobics because I, eight years ago, broke two legs, both of them. I believe in balance. If you're going to break one, break them both. So I broke them both and um, rods from my hips and knees, screws, bolts, plates, I mean, you know, so what happened is osteoarthritis really hit me hard, and I—it was very, very painful. And the doctor said, "You got to move, and you can't be walking because too big a chance. Because I'm sorry, we lost part of your bone in your leg, and you're five eight cent shorter in one leg." Uh, you know, so we don't want you walking because too big a chance you'll fall again. So in water doesn't hurt if you fall. But bang, you get up and you go again. So I'd been doing my water aerobics, you know, and doing all that. So I got through and I'm laying out in the sun. And I'm just laying there and the sun feels so beautiful, so warm. It's just penetrating. And I'm laying there and I'm just sort of praying in my spirit. And I'm saying, Lord. Help us, Jesus, help us, Jesus, help us. If I could have had a stress of one to 10, probably my stress would have been 11. Yeah, that happens even in Hawaii, you know, and I'm just saying, Lord, we need a supernatural uh, help in a particular area. You know, sometimes we want to be the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to take people, grab them by the neck, shake them and hold them up and say, You're going to serve Jesus whether you want to or not. But it doesn't work that way, you know. And so, therefore, you can have a little bit of stress because it can cause waves and all of these things. So, my stress was beyond high. And I sing, Lord. Lord. We need you. And as clear as I've ever seen anything in my life, my eyes are closed, but it's in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. I saw, as it were, the Lord Jesus Christ come right there beside me in my swimsuit, laying out, getting the (laughs) sun, enjoying the beauty uh, of the Lord and of Hawaii and of the sun. And I'm laying there and it's like I heard The Lord, it's like I saw the Lord tap me on the shoulder. And he said, trust me. Trust me. I thought, well, now I know about that. That is a good idea indeed. Now, this is where the power of the word. Jesus came to the cripple, the paralyzed by the pool. And it was his word. Rise up. It was his these lepers. It was their word through God's inspired touching their mind that caused a change in circumstances. And this was the word that came to me. And I will, I'm telling you today, this is your word today from the Lord Jesus Christ. I want every one of you in your heart and in your mind. To just picture in all your circumstances that seem so hard and so hopeless. Jesus Christ is walking up to you today and he's touching you on the shoulder. And he's saying, trust me. Then he continues with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And this is what he says to you. And this is what, as I'm lying there, this is what I just saw in my spirit. Trust me. And then the scripture was like, trust. And like that word trust. In the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Uh, That trust was like it was in bold, bright, neon, flashing trust. Trust in the Lord. And then while I'm while I'm doing that, then it's like, bing, next slide, trust in the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord who created the skies, the heavens, the earth. Who created mankind. That's who you trust in. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not just a little bit. Now, Lord, I really would appreciate it if you would just maybe kind of this little part. No. All your heart. Lord, I'm trusting in you with all. All of my heart. I'm trusting in you. And then the next part, trusting the Lord with all your heart, lean not, don't lean to your mindset. Do you know we can talk ourselves out of God's word? And I gave you the perfect biblical example of through blame shifting. You can say, Lord, I trust in you, Lord, I want to do these things, and yet Oh, we can, we can get ourselves in some deep water. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own, but in all your ways. Are you really making Jesus Lord of your life? Or are you codependent upon how your kids act, how your spouse acts, how your boss acts? Who's on the throne of your life? Is Jesus Christ on the throne of your life? Or is someone else on the throne of your life? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, all your ways. Acknowledge him. Lord, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I was promised. This This isn't what I expected. But Lord, my trust is in you. And you know what? You don't go wrong when you trust in the Lord. and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He's going to direct your path. He's going to walk with you. He's going to talk with you. He's going to lead you. But he wants you to trust in him. Jesus says, trust me. That's the message that he has for you today. Trust me. And I give you the scripture, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. This is the great benefit of you being a believer and someone else has an overwhelmed heart. Lead me. If someone is being led, usually they're blind. They've got their arm in someone's hand and they're slightly behind them. And they're walking with confidence, trusting And that person to let them know. So God wants you recognizing overwhelmed hearts. You lead that friend to the rock. Because he won't won't disappoint them. So remind them that their disappointments of the past really often can be appointments with Jesus. I can't tell you the times I've said, so, and then I will, after talking 30, 40 minutes with somebody, I'll say, so this is your disappointment. This is your heart. Yeah, 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 That's right. Well, God has an appointment to take that disappointment And to make it an appointment for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's going to prove himself to be Lord. He's going to prove himself to be greater than any circumstance. He's going to prove himself to be God over every lack, over every inadequacy, over every injustice, over everything that has happened to you. He's going to prove himself. Because he says, trust me. Trust me. Will you bow your heads in a word of prayer, please? Lord Jesus, Father, give us that ability to trust you. Give us that ability to put you on the throne of our life. And to say, I will move off the throne of my life. Or I will move my, maybe my precious loved ones or family, off the throne. And I will put you, Lord, on that throne. You will be my Lord. You will be my Savior. Permit him to take your circumstances, your fear, everything that has happened of circumstances beyond your control. Some may have been under your control, but give them to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will take each one in your loving arms, hold them, reassure them, and let them know today you are giving back. All that has been stolen from them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare that on every single person here because they're your precious child in the name of Jesus amen God bless you could we uh, don't know oh here <laughs> looking
0: Do you receive that word? Yes. Oh, nobody said no. Everybody said yes. You are one of those that says this is a very important word. It's a today word. It's a now word, and I want to respond right now. If you want to respond, I want you just to stand with me right now. Hey, I'm standing. I'm standing. I just like us to come forward. Could y'all just come forward right now? Good. I mean. None of us can say, oh, we're just doing fine. Mm-hmm. We have no need for this word. I, I, I just look around and I think, I, I'm the first to run to the altar today. Mm-hmm. Just because we need the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'd just like us to bless Sister, Sister Darty. Mm-hmm. She has an anointing yes. that uh, God her for this yes. moment.